The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. <laughs> Was that a vocal exercise or were you gagging no, thinking was... about having to do a whole podcast about this? Yeah. <laughs> This is Gone by Lunchtime. My name is Toby Manhai. With me today, I'm happy to announce I've got Ben Thomas here, Annabelle Mayfair here, and uh, making this all work and sound exquisite, Tiahe Butler, Kiaratato. Um, thanks Which, a lot to members. What, what, oh, no, go on. Do you want to interrupt me? No, sorry. Who is this going to say, Kia ora? I was, I was just going to say, let's like... Let's let's just like kick the bloated dead horse one more time. We can do like a cold open where it's like, oh, we've got Christopher Luxon here, and I'm like, ah, no, it's just me, Ben Thomas, another bald white man, oh. and like then we can insert a laugh track, and then it will be done forever. Yeah, I like it. Let's do that. Yeah. Should we go from the top? So we're going to pretend to do a joke about white bald men. No, look, it was a terrible idea. Let's move on. Thank okay. the members. My only Thank question, like, I do not think we should get into the white bald men, the, the, that trope, I think has been done. However, I would like to know whether or not his face works upside down. Whether or not... <laughs> <laughs> that is the only question that has not been asked. He's faced a flurry of questions, maybe 60,000 questions this morning, yesterday afternoon. No one has asked him whether or not his head works upside down. Well, this, I've got to, you know, speaking as part of the community, um, when I was... When I started, Which community, though? Uh, the, the participants in White Bald Summer. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, when I was having my stuff headshot taken, when I started yeah. doing a column for them, I went in and, you know, they were like, oh, we can do professional shots. We need to get like a number, we, we need to get a whole bunch. We need like front on, facing left, so that, you know, that goes if you're column is on the right hand side or whatever facing right you know a couple from you know interesting angles so we'll you know we'll take we'll take a few dozen get the best ones and I'd shaved before I went on I didn't mm. I didn't have I went in I didn't have my my customary manly goatee mm. and he like took one shot and then another shot and he was like we're done and I realized like, it just looks the same from all angles. It's just an orb. <laughs> like, <laughs> a beautiful sphere. Just a, just a, yeah, like, just that Dubai orb. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> hands reaching out to, to a, gl- a glowing stroke. symbol of political, like, power and inner knowledge. Um, anyway, sorry, sorry. That's. Anyway, yeah. Well, not- it's a slight spoiler you've offered there by mentioning, because I thought we would uh, this morning, and it's. 9am on Wednesday, December the 1st. <gasps> punch and a punch for the first of the month White and no rabbits. returns for the day. 
2021. And we're going to exclusively announce the new leadership of the National Party. What have you been hearing? Um, well, I've, I've, I mean, I can't reveal my sources, but would you like to open the envelope, Annabelle, and announce the, uh, the new leadership team? Okay. Pass it to Ben. Yeah, it says here, Luxon edging ahead. That wasn't a Simon Bridges joke. The, <laughs> and the deputy... Word on the street is... It's looking like Nicola Willis. The new leader of the National Party is Christopher Luxon or Chris Luxon or Christophe Luxon, depending on how you wish to um, call him, and the deputy, Nicola Willis. So we've got an Auckland-based social conservative and a Wellington-based social liberal. Two people, both who I think you could say are they mentees, if that's a word, of John Key. We have Team Key. I feel suddenly... Like the future is brighter again. I feel suddenly like we're on the cusp of something special. It was very John Keish. I feel much more ambitious for New Zealand mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that you know we need to return the focus to the economy, uh, concentrate on lifting productivity and well-being for all New Zealanders. Mm. Um, yeah, I and I actually agree with it. I was I, I went par, when I was driving here. I saw like two dollars eighty for ninety one. Main at mobile never happened under Judith Collins. Never happened. Judith Collins sent in the army to to mm. keep the pipelines running from Marsden Point. I mean, if this was Judith Collins, we would have a military backed coup <laughs> against the oil companies already. Um, and instead, here we are. Floundering that the tide has gone out. I can, you know, um, I can no longer swim entirely in mm-hmm. petroleum. Mm-hmm. But the uh, tide has got come in. The tide has come in. I mean, let's let's address that. Let's do the science first. Christopher Luxon announced that the tide has come in, which will ride all boats, and the tide will never go out. No, that's right. He's going to blow up the moon. He is going to call, what's the guy's name, Peter Beck from Rocket Lab and destroy the... Destroy our, our oldest foe. The moon. The moon. Annabelle, it's, it's just less than a week ago. Like, it's a week, like this time last week, uh, Judith Collins was the leader of the National Party. I wouldn't say she was stably <laughs> the leader of the <laughs> National Party. However... We were sort of thinking, I think, mostly that it was unlikely to see uh, any coup before the year's end. And then to run through very quickly what happened, the Wednesday evening there was that press release that came out um, that referred to historic complaints about Simon Bridges um, that had been made five, six years ago by Jackie Dean relating to him talking about sex, sexual techniques for... That may or may not have been a complaint. Can we not Can talk about it anymore? Well, I don't want to talk do, about do, it no, anymore. No, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Maybe a little bit more. And uh, Simon Bridges declared the following morning... Oh, he was demoted, mm. stripped of his portfolio responsibilities, and then the next morning he said it was a desperate act by someone desperately clinging on to their leadership, which seems almost <laughs> certainly true. <laughs> Jackie Dean subsequently said she had been part of some political power play. 
there was a no-confidence vote in Judith Collins, and that created a vacancy. So whereas before it looked like the story was going to be that Simon Bridges was gathering together a sufficient coalition within caucus to create a different kind of brighter future, uh, then suddenly the vacancy was open and suddenly Christopher Luxon was in the picture and others were in the picture for a while then too. Tum to tum to tum to tum, four days of horse trading and phone calls and whatever else. And then with we were all, we were expecting at half past 12 yesterday on Tuesday, it was looking like it was going to be a vote in caucus. Mm, a dance-off. A dance-off in caucus and then what happened? And then, um, obviously, some cuddly conversations were had mm. and, you know, heads were, brows were smoothed and there were some some gentle affi-affis. Orbs were. Yeah. And <laughs> Simon announced he was withdrawing from the race mm. and um, putting his support behind Christopherson Luxon. I think the Bridges camp, who I think we all understood were probably a little behind, played that reasonably well in that they um, they made it quite clear or created a narrative, which was probably ter- correct, that uh, Luxon was going to be pushed over the top by Judith Collins and her coterie of sort of over-promoted factional allies. Um, and obviously that would have been a terrible way um, for Luxon, you know, to get the leadership and mm. contested vote and installed by a leader who has just completely lost the confidence of her caucus through her actions of the previous week. So, it was, you know, the, all of the sort of party grandees, in particular John Key, who, um, you know, has no formal role with the party but is still seen as a very sort of influential figure, um, you know, after presiding over the golden... Like the Yoda... <laughs> yeah, but like the young, sprightly Yoda, the one who's out on the golf course and doing backflips. And um, and so the pressure was always on both of them to reach an accommodation. Bridges, um, Bridges plays these situations quite well. He did it when he sort of stood for the deputy position um, back in uh, 20, you know, after... After um, English, mm. uh, after or after Key resigned, he uses these situations as you know as pretty strongly to bargain, and he did it again here. So you'd expect that he'll you know take up the finance portfolio or something. But more importantly for the Nats, um, they have this show of unity. Um, it doesn't look like you know desperately sort of scrambling yodel the turtle like over the next contender to sort of reach the the top. And the Nicola Willis part of that equation is important, isn't it? Because uh, Luxon acknowledged, I think it was during the press conference, that that had been part of the pitch pretty well from the start. So when he was making the calls through the weekend to the other 32 MPs, the proposition was not Chris Luxon and who knows what. It was Luxon plus... It was Lux... 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 Luxless? Should we get Luxless? Oh. Luxless. No. And and so it squared off the two Chrysala. Chrysala. Chrysala Luxless. Chrysala Luxless. We'll keep we'll come back to you on that. Uh, the it was an important way of showing that because there because while we talk about the if you want to talk about the Luxon camp or the Bridges camp, 
there's a, the, the diagrams aren't perfect, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there's a the, the Bridges camp as it had developed in the in recent times included a lot of people who you would have put in the social conservative, social liberal, sorry, side of the National Party. And you know, it, it's 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 a bit of a kind of the Venn diagram is a is a is a complex one. I'm, I'm sure you've got it drawn up in your in your um, attic somewhere, Ben. Yeah, the, you know. <laughs> I think uh, my old boss, Chris Finlayson, um, and David Carter, the former speaker, were both quoted by Henry Cook in a, a good piece. They've both been quite good and funny in recent days, good value. Uh, yeah, there's <laughs> just, you know, like forget Jim Bolger. Like you don't want former politicians coming in and weighing in on what the social direction and policy should be because <laughs> it's like you had your chance, right? You want them to come in off the top rope <laughs> on their former <laughs> colleagues, <laughs> and just, you know, and, and just follow with abandon um, and you know as they pointed out you know these factional disputes they're, they're not a uh, you know with with the sort of broad exception of you know you would say there are some there are some quite fundamentalist sort of Christian uh, social conservatives in national mm. Luxon's actually not part of that group but you know as a faction um, and then you've got the urban liberals right which is you know Willis Stanford Bishop probably Greg Um but outside of that, it's mostly just personalities. You know, it's it's mostly just who likes who, who feels hard done by by who, who feels aggrieved by this person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and you sort of see that you know Judith Collins's faction, such as it is, was basically just sort of the scraps of people who didn't belong to any other kind of group, and were sort of taken in like you know like that um, vagrant sort of shoplifting child army in Lemers. And, <laughs> but so so you know so that makes it actually more important to sort of heal all of those those wounds, um, possibly with the exception of Collins herself. Uh, little surprised by uh, Luxon's sort of um, seeming undertaking to kind of uh, put her to work. I think he said. Mm. <laughs> um, I I don't. I don't know how keen many of her colleagues will be for that. Yes, he said. He said that all the all the, the, the all three other all three former leaders. And this will I did some maths on that. That's one of the factions. And, one of the factions and, is well, post former um, leaders. Of the, there are thirty three people in the in the caucus at the moment, and. I think I, the, the, something like twenty one point seven percent of the current caucus have been leader or deputy leader at some point. Yeah, so for four, four of them have been, have been or are currently leader. Yeah, and there is, are three. Which is and, there are t- and, and within the last two years, there are two more who've been deputy yeah. leader have so since quit that's politics. 13, so 13 we're talking nine. <laughs> this is gone by lunchtime. We will be back in a tick. Um, uh, anyway, the, the the that that issue of Judith Collins, Annabelle, is an interesting one because we had the pledge. You know, the, one of the big pictures in the press conference and thereafter is reset, draw a line, turn a page, put it in a sack with some bricks and chuck it to the bottom of Wellington <laughs> Harbour, stab it through the heart with a wooden stake. You know, it was we are moving on from these four years? I mean, it was very clear, and it was. There was no attempt to soften that. You know, uh, Luxon was absolutely, I'm a breath breath of fresh air, this is the new national. To do that and then in the next breath to say, and Judith Collins will be an important part of my team is hard to reconcile. It's a tough one, eh, because with all the various um, leadership rollovers, 
uh, you know, their senior MPs who have supported or mentored the coups, um, you know, have been demoted and ultimately lost along the way, mm. um, which has led to a paucity of, of experienced MPs and why someone who's only a year into the job can, can become leader. Mm. So I kind of get why... I understand the the um, what he's trying to achieve in mm. terms of giving her something, and and most importantly, keeping her busy, um, so that you know what's that saying? Idle hands make work for Judith or something. I don't know. Um, so so I kind of get where he's coming from, and I think there's other MPs that you could do that with, like a Muller and whatever. I, I, I think that in the case of Judith, though, she's probably the most dangerous person to apply that tactic with because I think that it's just, it will be very difficult for her to resist the temptation to cause trouble. I th- yeah, and, and, you know, last week was such an indictment, I think, on Colin's behaviour in her caucus. I think if she was tipped over by bridges, you know, in the in the course of a, a normal ordinary coup, um, you know, you might be able to sort of credibly get away with that. But just the sort of internal warfare that she showed she was practicing last week, and you know, mischaracterizing the position of the board, bypassing caucus. <laughs> You know, at the very least, uh, exaggerating and weaponizing claims. You know, in a way that I think would have been particularly um, distasteful to the National Party caucus. Um, and you know, not to mention whatever uh, Jackie Dean. You know, she said she was sort of caught up in a power play. She didn't mean for it to play out like that. But but at the same time, you know. That and also the board's statement about clarifying what their actual position were, they came out after Judith Collins was rolled. If Bridges hadn't called her bluff, yeah. both of them would have gone along with being railroaded by Collins. And, well, we, we can only assume. Yeah. There's no indication they wouldn't have. And it, it just, you know, it seems like to say that you're moving on from that as Luxon has sort of seems the same as like in Scream 2 where Sydney has moved on and is living in a ranch, but the, the murders still happen. <laughs> like, you know, they, they keep coming. It doesn't you, matter how far you move. You mentioned David Carter a moment ago, or we, we were talking about David Carter, and, and, and he was on the radio, I think it was perhaps this morning or yesterday, and he was talking about how he, in the episode with the board elections where he attempted to... Uh, to to, to take take the the chair position, there was he said that after that episode he no longer trusted Judith Collins, and I think that's the key word in all of that. We might get carried away with the kind of scheming and the plotting and the misrepresenting. Actually, it's trust, right? And if you if if you feel is if, it's hard to see arguments for trusting Judith Collins, no matter where she is in your caucus, and how is that workable? Yeah, I think that's right. So one of the things that's been floated around and, you know, that was being floated around in the ether, and I don't know whether it was um, a false flag operation by the Bridges camp, was Well, I think, I mean, I know what you're about to say, but I also think just by the way that the whole idea that she carries, that she basically ticks the boxes on the voting forms of five people and they're just automatons is also over-egged, but carry on. 
Yeah, as I think, I think is I, the thing you're about to say. Yeah, I think that's right. And you know, there's there's this idea that she's been promised speaker, um, which would be an impossible promise to make because if National somehow gets into government in 2023, which certainly is looking more likely now than at any point in the last two years or year and a half, um, is that uh, you would need they'll need act and they'll need acts votes for whoever the speaker is, or mm. lead Labour's votes. Mm. Labour might actually vote for Judith Collins to be speaker because in the tradition of Lockwood Smith being a fair and even-handed speaker who held the government to account, Labour would probably like a speaker who, to a person, absolutely despised every government minister. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, but I, I, I don't find that particularly credible, but that's the only kind of promise that would sort of have enough of a kind of pay off, you know, becoming Dame Judith after her term of service, um, controlling Parliament and its standards, which, you know, she, she might actually be quite good at. Um, that's the only sort of thing that you could, you know, promising her correction spokesperson, that's not going to help in any way. I think it's, uh, um, you go, go. Uh, I was just going to say, um, um, I would have thought that <clears throat> after the events of, of last week, that she would have potentially been expelled and by by the party, and I'm I'm just is there a reason that they haven't? Like, are you are they actually not able to, or do they lack the experience to figure out the moves to do that? Or I would have thought that when you misrepresent your board's position and kind of um, shock your your caucus with, with with a move like that, that there would have been some more serious repercussions outside of just losing the leadership. Yeah, I, that would have been, I, I think that would have been the expected course of action. I think, you know, if we if we think there is a, a big Luxon camp and a big Bridges camp, I think that's something they probably could have both agreed on. Um, so it seems like it's probably, you know, a captain's call from Luxon that he's going to, pres- you know, that he's going to say, that he's saying, I'm the CE, you know, my job is to get the best out of my people, I'm going to put... Judith Collins, the head of people yeah. and culture, yeah. on a performance. Well, you see, that's the, that, this is and this is where it comes yeah. to the difficult thing because I'm sure that there are were arguments that against the, the 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 expelling from the party, which are to do with the convoluted nature of doing that, oh, to do sure. with you know going up against someone who is a lawyer who does have lots of loyalty still built in. It's incredibly it's incredibly complex, and so normally what happens is you make their life uncomfortable. Well, you know, you like expel, famously, you can expel them from the caucus without expelling them as an MP. Sure, which is sort of what which happened, is what to, happened to, 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 Mueller. to Mueller. But they still remain they still remain in Parliament, right? That, still, that's right, in the and, far and, office And to get them out of the, the party basement, is another, yeah. normally it's, and what a CEO would do in that situation is they would make, make that person's life kind of boring and uncomfortable and they would delegate the issue with that difficult staff member, I imagine, to somebody in HR. <laughs> and it would be, you know, basically you'd find that actually the simplest thing would be if you moved somewhere else. And 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 so it's just different, right? Like it's the CEO thing to move on to that. The CEO thing is a challenge. One of the things that are that he that he that he said in the in the in his press conference was that 
he was used to dealing with underperforming companies, which some people may may and turning around underperforming companies, which Rob Fife might his ears might have pricked up at the sound yeah, of I, that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a strange. In New Zealand, was the most trusted brand in New Zealand when Lightsum yeah. took over. Well, he also Unilever Canada, famously. I don't know what happened to Unilever yeah, Canada, but although I will say, David Seymour has a lot of Canadian background too, and perhaps that will be something they can bond over. You know, like over right. over some maple syrup. He, he, mate, was, he um, once David used to. And, Live in a hut for a think tank in Regina, Saskatchewan. Yes, he did. He um, um, and had a had a strong Canadian accent, and yeah, that's right. Actually, the, when he came back, word. he did. Um, so, so anyway, the but the 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 other so to that idea of like turning around companies, like even if we accept that to be true, that's it's different. And and there was one one. It made me think of one element in a one of the few media interviews that preceded the last 24 hours with Luxon was that Claire Trevette did in the Herald, in which there was a nice little kind of interchange in which he said it, talked about how he was going to, um, you know, get out there and, and understand the needs for stakeholders. And she said, do you mean voters? And he said, <laughs> he said yes, or even people. Did she say? He said, yes. <laughs> and as Annabelle, that is one of the challenges, right? Like, um, uh, he's obviously... A very smart guy. Politics is different to. Well, the thing about CEOs is that CEOs, you know, one of their skills is that they're used to moving through industries. So, you know, you might go from I don't know, airlines to yeah. to uh, cosmetics footwear. to footwear to mm-hmm. whatever. But interestingly, from what I've seen of his CV, it looks like he's only really had two major roles. Um, 18 years at um, Unilever. Unilever and in New Zealand, there's not been a whole lot of churn from what I've seen of him moving through through industries. And the thing is that, I mean, he's probably set a land speed record for MPs becoming a leader outside yep. of those, um, those sort of minor parties that get voted in. Mm. And it's been 12 months, but it kind of hasn't really because, you know... Spent a lot of time in lockdown, so he's probably still learning the layout, yeah. the layout of um, of Parliament. So I think I still think that he's a high risk choice, yes. and I think over the next six to twelve months, you know, he could very well stumble, and we may end up in another um, Muller situation. Mm. I think that New Zealand thinks that they're getting a Rob Fife. Well, the National Party thinks they're getting a Rob Fife slash John Key, but I, I'm not sure that he has the same um, EQ and uh, communication skills that, um, that that a John Key had. Although you know he performed very well in, in the um, in the in the stand-up yesterday, but I think yeah, and he in the in the in the course of the last. Well, since that that uh, press conference, which was what was it, half past four yesterday, so in the last I don't know eighteen hours, he's been, he's he's actually had more media appearances than even Ben Thomas, which is quite an impressive really? feat in itself. How he's how he's done generally pretty well in those. There was one stumble in the RNZ interview this morning, which he was seven houses was put to him, and his answer was a bit. Uh, <laughs> you, you can long you drawn can out. Definitely tell the answers that he's been prepped for, or that he's prepped for, and the ones that he hasn't. Now, with all politicians, there's an element of that, but 
you know, it's it's particularly clear. Um, so, for instance, when he was asked about, you know, you have seven houses, it wasn't even really a question. It was more just you know, kind of putting this putting this proposition to him during the housing crisis. Yeah, and he sort of said, oh, oh yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's part of my investment approach. Uh, it's uh, it's just personal matter. It's you know, um, so who hasn't got seven? Ha- who's yeah. seven houses? Seven houses. Oh, I've got, I got the least houses of anyone seven. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you own seven houses? Um, yeah, well, that's, um, I. I uh, well, it's because I um like it's you know but then then he was asked about you know what do you think about gay marriage and just immediately just like oh look everybody has the right to love whoever they want love I love have supported it I'm totally in favor love 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 um but then you know it ill-prepared for what I thought was actually pretty dicey uh, sort of line of questioning from RNZ about, you know, whether he believed in speaking in tongues or whatever. Well, can we talk about the religion? Because I've, I've got some quite big concerns about that, and I'll explain yeah, sure. those, which are that he has not been to church for five years. Yeah. That's not good. He should... But he's not a Catholic. He's, he said he's, he's just a Christian without a denomination. Yeah, but five well, years so is need, a long time. He doesn't need to, he he doesn't need to be at the sacraments. He to church. Judith Collins was there a lot during the campaign. Well, once that we know of. <laughs> um, I think um, excommunication. I'll tell you what happened five years ago, and I'm not saying they're linked. It just might be an interesting coincidence, is five years ago John Key resigned from politics. And maybe, I'm just throwing it out there, maybe at that point Chris Luxon stared at the heavens and said, you are dead to me, God. Just abstain out there. Annabelle, is there anything in um, what you saw there that you think that will will make the government, will make Jacinda Ardern, Grant Robinson, particularly concerned? Um, I think that they probably would have preferred a, a, a Simon Bridges um, leadership, just because mm. you know better the devil you know and all of that stuff. Mm. Um, the other thing I was going to say about Luxon is um, in terms of their new leadership, we've got a Wellington MP and a, a, a you know, Wellington-based MP and an Auckland-based MP, yeah. which means that they're going to have to work hard in terms of building up their mana and credibility in the provinces. And it should be remembered that, you know, I think Shane Jones was threatening Chris Luxon's life a few years ago when he, um, right. when he, when he um, ended all of those um, provincial um, right. yeah. routes. Yeah. So, so I think there'll be an interesting point. A, a, a little bit of um, mahi to be done there as well. Um, that's right. And uh, David Seymour obviously has a pretty good grip on a lot of the the rural groundswell team at the moment. But it's, it's New Zealand First would not be disappointed, would they? As you see, Shane Jones was on the radio this morning. Winston Peters is now popping out the press releases every couple of days. <laughs> um, having 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 that territory available to them suits them quite well, you would have thought. Mm. Yeah. What about... I mean, remember, Todd Muller got, what, about an eight-point bump when he finished and when he became leader. Right. So, I, I, you know, barring any catastrophes, especially given the state of the government's response to COVID right now, um, the sort of uncertainty over the traffic light system um, and, and how summer will play out, 
um, and the and the large number of voters who have already defected to ACT, but you know a lot of them are, are, are national voters. I, I think you would be hoping for a pretty significant honeymoon period for Luxon. Um, yeah, I mean he you know he's performed creditably sort of well, you yeah. know, it's still not a lot of evidence that he's the next John Key, but mm. not a lot of evidence that he's the next Todd Muller either. So um, it feels, it felt like, there the did feel like a breath of relief that came out across the board <laughs> from, from, from the National Party and beyond. That's not enough. <laughs> I think we'll get a much better read of him when we, and, and what, he, what he stands for and what type of leader he is when we see the, the reshuffle. Yes, which and, will and probably come in the next land. few days. Yep, yes. And then, and, so. and then a little bit of parliament to go and then the summer break and then, you know, into the kind of that, that start of the year stuff, including mm. including Waitangi. You know, it'd be interesting to see how, uh, again, he's sort of playing a careful line and he's sort of trying to push some of that de- debate demanding here, pua pua, dog whistling stuff gently to one side, but trying to navigate that path will be interesting and we'll we'll see that in the months to come, right? Mm. And maybe Ben might book him on Dancing with the Stars and that will help with the profile and relatability, Tanga. Mm-hmm. Um, well, look, congratulations to Chris Luxon and Christopher Luxon and Nicola Willis. Actually, can, can, we do, can we just do a little brief thing? Oh, it, it is interesting. He he does seem to have migrated more towards Chris Luxon as he's gotten closer to the leadership. He used to be quite sort of set on Christopher Luxon, yes. I understand. But now as he's become more relatable, closer to the stakeholders of New, the, the, the... The ordinary stakeholders the, the of sta- New Zealand. The stakeholder <laughs> audit of five million. <laughs> Hardworking, <laughs> ordinary stakeholders. <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he's migrated towards Chris, which is interesting. Um, yep. There was that little tete-a-tete yesterday about, um, I think Bridges had... Uh, booked the lower legislative chamber and uh, Luxon had booked the banquet hall and the beehive for mm. their respective uh, putative victory mm. announcements. And, you know, there, there, there's a, that's a little bit interesting on a symbolic level. You know, that's clearly Luxon doesn't want to be in the sort of fusty, old, musty kind of Red carpeted. Also, that's the room that has had in the last 10 minutes... Todd Muller and Judith Collins rolling in to give their press conferences. I mean, I, I, I mean, it is I, definitely haunted. You know, it's <laughs> like it's it's you're, like yeah. you know, it, it, like we can do it in thirty minutes yeah. if Nicola can burn some sage in there first. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, but the banquet hall is you know it's a bit sleeker. It looks a bit more like a sort of corporate presentation kind of it's area. It's got that, that contemporary modern architecture of the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, like, it does actually look pretty cool yeah, yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. A, and, that's where Jacinda Ardern did a big traffic alignment, yeah, yeah, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah ra- rather than the sort of, you know, musty old... Um, Imported you know, Westminster carpets. Yeah, f- f- four, four inches, two inches of which are columns. dust <laughs> carpets. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think he definitely wants to get it a bit more of a boardroom feel. Um that was that was it. Is that it? Chris, that it? Chris, Chris Luxon. Okay. Chris Look, Luxon. Right, he's carefree. Good. Yes, well, he's congratulations. Carefree and casual, we, we, and he's a bit. We've got to. We've got to go. Let's just touch briefly because we would, in other um, circumstances, be talking at much con- more considerable length. On the traffic light system kicks in at uh, midnight tomorrow, uh, and um, it's interesting times, Annabelle. That 
all the different announcements. And so I think there's still quite a lot of confusion, vaccine certificates coming in. And then a few weeks later, we have the Auckland border opening, which creates all sorts of um, possibilities, uh, including concerns from people in particular parts of the country, uh, uh, to the north and east especially, about whether or not there's maybe virus arriving to vulnerable communities. Give me your take on on this change in the COVID response? I think a lot of people are just a bit discombobulated about it. And when you line up the different traffic lights against each other, in some instances, it's a little bit hard to pick what the differences are. Mm. Um, I know that there's concern among um, some of those um, remote um, Māori communities about Aucklanders still being able to um, to travel and what that's going to mean for um, for their health services and, and local people. So, but at, at the same time, I think that um, it does provide some buffer um, for them. But yeah. I mean, Māori are now forty five percent of um, COVID infections. Yeah. Which is really concerning. And two, the two, two, two men who died at home were both Maori, and a quite mm. kind of uh, chilling report that came out a couple of days ago. Yeah. So I think you know, will Maori think it goes far enough? Um, highly unlikely. Um, and um, and of course, will Aucklanders be upset that they may not get to go to Rhythm and Vines? Um, Kinda. Have you been booked for Rhythm and Vines this year, Ben? Uh, no, but no. I've, I, my proposal to do a TikTok dance with Ashley Bloomfield to promote mask use um, has gone unreplied to. So, so. but you, that you'll still be doing that at the at the Cinderclay wedding, if if asked. Y- yeah, I mean, it, like cur- currently just currently just in um, Mount Eden Countdown's car park, yeah. Um, yeah. but also available for yeah. national party functions if they want like a mm. somebody who might be Christopher Luxon <laughs> in the. <laughs> You know, if they haven't seen if they haven't seen Christopher Luxon in real life, and they're not sure about proportions, they might just. Or if you just put me far away in the corner, like a long way away, they might be like, "That's Christopher Luxon." Only so. in the National Party can like a bald, middle-aged white guy call himself like a fresh new face. Finally, some representation. I feel as though we've come full circle. Have you got anything to say about traffic <laughs> full lights? Full circle, just like, <laughs> just like. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I apologise. Okay, Everything sounds like a Simon Bridges joke or a white bald pun. Are we done? Yeah, done. I'm oh, so it's done. Just, it's just, thank you, spin-off members. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Annabelle. Thank you, Tr. Here, Kara. Kia ora e te iwi, Kiaihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.